0: Today we're talking with certified health and lifestyle coach and registered yoga teacher Michael Cohan, or Mukunda Chandra Das. Mukunda is dedicated to helping his clients and students find balance in all aspects of their lives, emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical. He helps people restore this balance by helping them to make healthier and more conscious lifestyle choices. Thanks for joining us today, Mukunda.
1: Hey, thanks for the intro. That was wonderful. Very good, professional, very nice voice you have.
0: Oh, well, thank you very much. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working.
1: <laughs> well, as an entrepreneur, you know how we we are and we work more than uh, anybody else I've ever met in the beginning. Um in my free time, I like to either practice yoga, take I go for a lot of hikes, and I practice martial arts. And those are like my three main forms of uh, extracurricular activities. I do play the guitar from time to time. I know maybe like 10 songs well. And, you know, then I do what everybody else does. Go to nice restaurants, have dinner. Uh, I'm dating again. So part of my free time is meeting other interesting available women and developing meaningful relationships But that's how I spend my free time when I'm not helping people as a life coach or teaching regular yoga classes.
0: Well, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. How long have you
1: been coaching and what led you to get into it? I've been coaching full-time for three years now. I originally wanted to become a psychologist when I graduated from college 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, and I didn't know there was a thing or profession called a life coach when I graduated college, and I was a super duper super senior, which means I struggled through college and it took me seven years to graduate. It was not something I really understood because I have ADHD. It was hard for me to kind of fit into that normal academic mold of learning, and I didn't really understand how my mind worked. So when I graduated with my psychology degree, I didn't know what to do. And I wasn't like a straight-Aid student. So I didn't go get my PhD to be a therapist. So I said, well, I guess I'll just go get a corporate job. So I left academic world and shaved or cut my hair real short and got a professional job. 15 years later... I was a part-time yoga teacher and a full-time corporate executive. I had a corner office in New York City. I had a nice apartment. But every time I looked into the mirror, I saw that I was the problem that we're going through and not the solution in terms of the world and how the world is right now. And I thought because of my job, I was like, I'm not making the world a better place. I'm taking, I'm not making people better. I'm not making the world better. And so I quit my job to become a full-time yoga teacher. I failed at that right off the bat because I went into that business with an ego because I've been practicing yoga for 20 years and I thought I was really good as a yogi, but I had no idea how to be a professional yoga teacher. So I found myself living at home again at 36 years old, not making any money. And my mom, who was super supportive, asked me what she can do to help me. And I said that All my friends went to this program called the Institute of Integrative Nutrition to build their career as a yoga teacher and became life and health coaches. And that's what I want to do. And so for me, sleeping on my parents' couch at 36 years old, I pivoted from a a struggling yoga teacher and a surviving corporate executive to a full-time health coach and full-time yoga teacher. Wow. That was a big jump. (laughs) It It was a very challenging part of my life. It was You know, the dark night of the soul, that period when we're struggling, you know, if you look at it in the right mindset, it's the best point and it's the best experience because it made me the person I am today. It gave me the drive to build the skill sets to be a better person and to be able to learn the methodology and techniques to help other people but it also just made me a kind of person in general to develop real friendships with real people through training and understanding how to live properly and developing my own healthy habits and skills.
0: Because that was such a big jump from like the corporate world to a more holistic health centered business. Did you feel like that? I don't know. I mean, like all of a sudden you were just exactly where you should be, or was it more of a, Easier transition, like you were, you were putting all this into practice in your personal life, so it was just an easy shift to go from corporate to more holistic.
1: Yes and no. Because of my corporate background and 15 years of working in a corporate environment with the drive to succeed – and if you, I'm a three on the Enneagram scale. So I'm a, I'm a performer. So, or also known as the achiever. So I came from that corporate background. So I had a lot of skill sets in terms of time management and project management. And I had a lot of skills in terms of how to set goals and, you know, achieve them. And that helped me build my brand and my business. But shifting gears and becoming a different person in terms of like the energy i had to put out there and developing listening skills and having compassion these were things that were in me they took a while to come out Mm -hmm. so it was an easy shift in some degrees and it was not an easy shift in some degrees
0: yeah that makes sense Everyone knows that starting a business can have a lot of ups and downs. So can you tell us about one of maybe your biggest disappointments or maybe just a low point that you experienced while putting your business together? Well,
1: you know... It was weird. When I first started, when I came, when I came from my professional background, my last five years of corporate work was marketing and advertising for real estate projects and real estate development. And I knew all the branding that you needed to do to build like a large construction project, create a website, brochures, develop a marketing platform. But when I shifted over to being yoga teacher and a life coach, for some reason, that mindset and that understanding did not click over to me. I never thought of myself as a brand, never thought of myself as a corporation. So when I first started out, I just thought people would come to me because I knew a thing or two more than somebody else. And I thought I would go from a six-figure income as a Incorporate to a six-figure income teaching yoga and being a life coach in like a day. I, and so, I, so I, uh, I had a large savings and I every month I would take money out of my savings account to live off of as I was trying to build my brand. And I would have this mindset of like, oh, I made all this money in corporate America. I'm just going to make it in this. So it's just going to come. It's just going to come. It's just going to come. And it never came for the first year and i found and a year later i went through my entire savings and i moved home and i basically had no money i had two friends and i just didn't know what to do professionally so that was my right. first disappointment from that i built my skills skills to become a professional yoga teacher and a health coach by creating a website having a a professional uh, email platform, starting a blog, and providing value to my audience. And that's what I learned through that dark moment, is it's not about telling people what I know. It's about showing people or providing people with information to make them better, providing value. So that was my biggest struggle in the beginning. Right now, at this stage in my life, what I'm really trying to do is shift over to doing more online coaching and not driving all over the state of New Jersey, meeting people, doing coaching sessions and teaching yoga. So right now, that's my new struggle or disappointment is I'm putting 40,000 miles on my car every year, doing teaching private yoga and coaching in the state of New Jersey. And I'm trying to shift that to be in a home more.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Before I got into online stuff, I was a retail merchandiser. And I think usually I would put about 36,000 miles on the car every year. So I know where you're coming from with wanting to cut back on that. That definitely takes a toll.
1: It takes a toll. And the big struggle is because you're putting yourself out there as a health coach or life coach, you start to then the reason why you get get into this business is because you have a desire to grow as a person. You have a desire to learn how to be a better person in life, to understand who you are and what it means to be a human being in this body. But what happens when you go, I'm no longer satisfied with my corporate job. It no longer brings me fulfillment because I have more joy in understanding myself and helping others understand themselves we lose that time to continue to study and grow because that time that we're continuous to study to grow is that time when other people need you. Mm. So, Because then you're all over the place. You lose that time to work on yourself still, and that begins to kind of become your new struggle in the healing modality.
0: Right. That makes sense. That idea that people, some people seem to have that you can just become an overnight success when it's more about just taking consistent action and just really putting the time in before you can really catch that first big break. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe a tipping point in your business, a time when you started to feel like you were beginning to gain some momentum?
1: Uh, well, I'm at that point right now in my business where I'm really starting to gain momentum and I'm really starting to grow my audience and really start to be able to like have not really a waiting list yet or um, a point where I'm not able to take on new clients. And that's actually happening right now where I'm still building my client-based business, but I'm not maxed out completely in my time slot. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing that and that's happened. So like your audience is like, well, how do I get to that point where I'm no longer knocking on people's doors to get them to work with me? How do I get people to call me up? That's what your audience probably really wants to know. Exactly. And uh, honestly, you have to start simple. And what I tell everybody, I sit down with clients all the time. I I work with people that graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and other people because I teach yoga and everybody knows I'm a a health and life coach and I've done multiple trainings in life coaching. I have people that take my classes and then come up to me and say they're in this program and they ask me all the time, what do they need to do to build a brand, to build a business? And I always tell them in the beginning to start simple. Start with a website, build a website. Yes, you have to tell people that. Most people don't realize they need to build a website. Step two, have a professional email address. Nothing says amateur more than a Gmail account or a Yahoo account. It just says amateur. It says, I'm not professional. I do not value my business. And if you want to be able to charge somebody $150 to $300 an hour, you have to have that professional image. And then the third thing that you have to do in this business is you have to provide and you have to give back your best stuff. You have to give it away for free. I'm con- I built my business solely on giving away free coaching sessions all the time. I still, even though I have... 20 clients that I'm working with right now and I'm I'm booked, I still make time to sit with people and help them out with whatever they need in terms of like setting goals or helping them find a new job or strategizing with them without asking for anything in return. And if you don't give it away, then people don't know your value. And I'm not saying you give it away completely, but you have to give a little bit of your best stuff away by sitting with giving people like a free one hour session and make that time. Nothing's worse than a and when somebody gets too big, that they're no longer accessible to someone. Mm. And that's how you get that momentum. When you're like offering your stuff for free as a way to give value.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It's sort of like a, a way to build up some relationships.
1: You know, everybody I've, I've done, almost like 80% of the people I've done free coaching sessions with have never signed up to be a, a, as a paying customer. But over half those people have referred somebody to me. Oh, wow. Because they necessarily can't, they, a lot of times people just need a little bit of a kick in the butt. Like I have one student, she texted me the other day and she's like, I don't like my job. Can we sit down and strategize how to find a new job? And I was like, sure. Her friend was in a a difficult situation and is, is stuck living at home and doesn't know how to kind of, and is like overweight. So, my student referred me to her friend to start doing health and life coaching, and I her and that's how I got this new client because I'm working with this one student for free who referred me to somebody else.
0: yeah, see that makes a lot of sense because one thing that I notice a lot of people saying is you know don't give things away, don't do the free sessions." Um, You know, and that works for some people, but I think the way that you're looking at it makes a lot of sense, too. It's just make yourself accessible and, you know, help somebody. And then in return, they're going to feel like not necessarily that they have to, but they're going to feel like they want to help you. If an opportunity comes along for them to refer someone, the first person that they're going to go to in their mind is that person who was generous and helped them out.
1: Uh yeah. I look. I understand where the trainings come from. Where they say like it's a it's a part of the training. Like, don't give away your your coaching for free because if you give away this this stuff for free, then you don't value it, and it said and you're telling people that you don't value you don't believe that you have value. So I get the mindset they're trying to give you, but. So like, yes, you don't want to have a regular client that you're meeting with for free every week. You do need to set boundaries. And there are times when I will go to someone and say, look, I do this professionally full-time. I'm happy to help you once in a while, but you're not my formal client or formal student. So I only can meet with you a little bit here and there. I'm not here for you. I have to pay attention and focus on other people that are actually – financially invested in working with me. So I set boundaries, To but I have, I, I have a friend and I love him and his wife are probably two of the greatest people I've met in the last year of my life. And they own this wonderful yoga studio in Morristown, New Jersey called Summers Mind Body. And I'm a yoga teacher for them. And they have the best attitude of this abundance and helping people. And they constantly do free private yoga for their clients that are injured or hurt. They're constantly helping people out. When they go into Whole Foods, they know everybody in Whole Foods because they give free private yoga to the people at work at Whole Foods because they can't necessarily afford yoga and they got back problems and shoulder problems. So they give up, give away their business for free all the time and you know what happens all these people just flood to their yoga studio to do like and sign up for paying privates with them and also sign up for to take group yoga classes because they're constantly helping everybody and so when you have that mindset of abundance and helping people and just wanting to do it just for the simple joy of making people better and happier the money comes
0: yeah, absolutely. Just that idea of being in the flow, you know, putting it out there and it's going to come back to you.
1: Putting it out there. Yeah. So no. that's where I'm at right now. And that's where my that's where my my momentum's really starting to pick up is me offering myself. And I've been doing it for about a year now of this helping people for free, letting them know this is a paying job that they and like and having them work with me if they can.
0: Now, a lot of people will measure their success in particular milestones, like, you know, setting a certain goal or reaching a benchmark. You know, what's been your biggest win or maybe a favorite achievement so far?
1: Hmm. You know, I... I just finished up another training the other day that took me a year and a half to do that was a big struggle, and I was grateful for that. But that's not really a business milestone. My greatest achievement right now is I've gotten to the point in my skills and my knowledge as a life coach and a health coach and a yoga teacher that I can actually be on a show like this and be able to effectively communicate with an audience and provide them value. So what I am doing right now with you is a huge milestone for me, and it's been ten ten years in the making of studying personal growth, spirituality, mindful living. To be able to sit in this uh, this audience, what I'm working towards next, what I would like to do this fall is my goal that is to to start working towards professionally doing motivational and public speaking. That's what I want to do next. That's my next milestone. But this is my current milestone right here, doing this.
0: That actually leads me right into the next question, and maybe you can expand on it just a little bit. And that's, um, what are you most excited about creating next in your business?
1: Uh, I'm currently working on creating a yoga a course for yoga teachers because one of the things that I noticed with yoga teachers, I'm sort of in. In my community, I have become the conquering hero. The, you know, the Star Wars Luke Skywalker journey, where Luke Skywalker is this, you know, local farm boy who, you know, finds a mentor, goes off to, you know, gain some knowledge, and then returns home the conquering hero, that the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And I have done that hero's journey as a yoga teacher also and a life coach and so when i go to my back into new york city to my old yoga studio everybody i see all the yoga teachers i see all ask me like can you help me with my brand? can you help me with my business how did you get to the point as a life coach how because they're all life coaches and yoga teachers and they constantly are asking me like how did you get to the place that you're at as in your business can you help me so i'm creating uh A a program or an online course that I want to have launched this fall that helps uh, life coaches develop the brand and tools they need to become a professional and have a six figure income like myself.
0: That's great. Now, I want to know a little bit more about you were talking about wanting to get into speaking. Um, What sort of speaking do you see yourself doing, and, and how do you feel like that could help you as a coach?
1: I would like to get into doing public speaking, um, at like conferences. Like I would love to be able to do like eventually be at like world domination Shump summit or, uh, be a guest, one of the speakers at like Lewis Howe's, uh, school of greatness summit. Some like motivational and personal development speaking where I can sit up and help speak to a a large audience of people that are stuck in a particular place in their life and help them get unstuck and i i just like working with people i like teaching in front of a large audience and it would just be very rewarding for me to be able to do that on a larger scale as a public speaker and by becoming a public speaker the bonus is it makes me uh a gives me that ability or gives me that image of authority. So it helps my brand as a life coach and a health coach to be able to go on stage and teach to a large group of audiences. But at the same time, then I can be able to help impact more people with the less amount of uh, at the same time. So it'd be beneficial for other people and I can share my message to them at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's great. So really just a nice combination of being able to spread your message and have a greater impact, and then also being able to increase your authority as an expert.
1: Correct. I've done Toastmasters, and that was cool, but there is a skill set and there are techniques to be a professional speaker on the public speaking circuit that I don't really have right now, and I want to learn those skill sets before I dabble into it like the worst one of the you know the biggest mistakes people do in our business is they they don't do it professionally or with integrity that they like if they're writing a book they'll write a manuscript and then they'll send their manuscript to like Tim Ferriss or Jordan Harbinger and be like, can you read my manuscript? They don't know these people and they're just like, can you please do this for free? Or they email people that they don't know and they'll be like, can I be on your radio show? Like they'll they'll email like a top podcast and I'll be like, let me be on your show without any skill set or any pitching material or any value to that podcaster and that goes with, like, public speaking also. There's there's skills you need to learn. There's marketing skills you need to learn. You don't just email the organizer and say, hey, I'm a life coach, you should have me on stage. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it, and that's what people do in our business all the time. Sure, just
0: that idea of being able to back it up a little bit with the skills
1: and the knowledge to be able to provide value and learning how to do the pitch properly and learning like, I know there's things you need to do to be a public speaker uh, for, I know you have to have a reel, you have to have a white sheet. You have to have a, typically you have a marketing public marketing agent for these like top tier type of programs. And I don't have there's skill sets you need to learn. And, you know, you hear these stories in our business of the person that like would rush, rushed on the stage to see Tony Robbins. And she rushed on the stage and went up to Tony Robbins and said, help me become a life coach. And Tony Robbins went, "Okay, I admired your pluck. So sure. And that and you hear those stories, but you don't realize that was like 15 years ago when our space was so small. Mm-hmm. and our spaces become crowded to the point that you can't just throw information out there and hope it sticks now like you get these like like social media gurus that tell you just Make a JPEG image and go on Facebook and post uh, uh, an image of you as a life coach and boost that post and you'll get clients. It just doesn't work like that anymore. And it's the same thing with public speaking or podcasting. You have to be, you have to do it the right way professionally and add value to your audience and before you are able to get any sort of return on your investment.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, we're going to shift a little bit and want to talk about what's working right now in business. Now, one thing I like to stress to coaches is there's a lot of ways to make a living both online and offline as a coach. So how are you generating revenue in your business today?
1: Well, most of my coaching revenue comes from me meeting people right now in either an office space Uh, share that I have in Burnsville, New Jersey, or occasionally I will meet someone at their home or a coffee shop. I prefer the office based share. um, And that's where I get most of my income from. Uh, What I'm preferring the shift towards is to do more online coaching.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I am getting that revenue, which is probably the pivot question is i'm am currently focusing on guest podcasting on shows like yours as a way to build my audience and my brand
0: yeah definitely that's that's a good idea that seems like a lot of people that are getting serious like you said about building up a brand they're looking at a lot of different ways to gain exposure and thereby to make themselves more of an authority in the online space
1: well you got to be careful of the we- weapons of mass distraction
0: yeah, definitely.
1: And the weapons of mass destruction are trying to do everything. Like you ha you 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 go to these conferences or you do your like coaching certification and you wa- and they say you have to be on Facebook and you have to be on Twitter and you have to be on Instagram, you have to have a YouTube channel and you have to launch a podcast and write a book and uh whatever Snapchat is, which is I don't even know what Snapchat is. I feel like I'm too old for Snapchat. Uh, and, me too. And And they just constantly throw you into, and then you have to have Facebook Live, and that's the news. And you know, you don't have to do it all. You have, you don't have to, you, I mean, you need the whole purpose of marketing and social media or putting your message out there into your audience is to bring them back to your website. And the whole purpose of your website is to to market and to explain who you are as a person, what you offer your people, and to give them a way to communicate with you, to sign up for your training programs or your products or services and provide them with free opt-in information so they can then join your marketing platform. And through your marketing platform is where you sell your products or services right excellent and you only and you only need like two like if you do facebook it's not randomly posting facebook it's engaging people in conversations on facebook so you have to pick one to two things and do them well not everything i do social i do guest podcasting and i write a blog Those are the two things I focus on. I would like to eventually outsource and have somebody take over social media because I can't stand doing it. And I hate, I hate, I hate everything about dealing with social media. So I don't do it.
0: And I think some people love it and some people just tolerate it.
1: I tolerate it. Exactly. I tolerate it.
0: Now, the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of both new and experienced coaches. But the one thing that everybody has in common is that they all want to grow their business in a big way. So what is your favorite strategy these days for bringing new clients into your business?
1: What I'm doing right now, honestly, guest podcasting and speaking, I love doing this. I love being on other people's shows and talking about skill sets, life coach, like personal development or spiritual development. That is the way I build my business. Right. that's that's why i'm doing this this is this is a great way to reach an audience but this is what this is the kicker you have to develop the knowledge to be able to do this you can't do a training program and be a neophyte coach to and then all of a sudden get on other people's shows and be able to be able to talk for 30 minutes to an hour and provide value and in the beginning, you're not going to be on show the like like everybody wants to be on Tim Ferriss's show or everybody wants to be on uh, EO Fire like that's Everybody's like, I must get on those shows to build my brand, and that's just not true. You just have to be. You have to have a consistent message. You have to get out into the world and share that message in a professional way that in, has integrity. That's not. The the classic like YouTube scam video that's the person in the rented mansion that walks through the house and says, "Look at all my bling!" and I built this big my and I have this big giant home and then this nice car and I'm going to show you how you can do that too through so and I'm totally scamming you because you're in a dark place and you don't really know how to live better and you're not happy or you're suffering and you're overweight. And I'm going to scam you out of your money and provide you with no value. You have to just do it with integrity. You have to be like, I can help you and I can make your life better and I'm going to provide you with the information and skills. And you do that by sharing a message to your audience. And it takes time to learn how to do that.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, like you were saying, that that being a guest speaker right now is your favorite strategy. And I think that what you said about, you know, everybody wanting to get on the big podcasts. It, of course, everybody wants to get on big podcasts, but what people also need to keep in mind is once you're on a podcast that lives forever on the internet forever. So even if you do, you know, a small interview today, you know, six months later, There's still going to be people who are going to be finding that one interview. So that's just another point of contact, another way to build relationships
1: and draw people into your business. I think if you're in the coaching business, the one thing that you must have is a blog. You have to have a blog and you have to write consistently. Nothing says unprofessional than when you go to someone's website and the first, I mean, this. I look at my traffic. My biggest traffic for new visitors is my blog because people go to my blog to learn about me and they want to read, they want to see what I'm writing about to see if I'm a right fit for them as a coach. And the biggest mistake people do is they write a blog, and they write a, they do like they do one in March, they do one in April, and then they never write one again for a year and a half. And then and then you and then when you go to that person's website and you go to their blog page and there's no updated content for 6 months to a year, it says unprofessional. It says yeah. it says I do not know how to do this and I cannot help you. And so you have to have a blog. It doesn't have to be long. It can be, it's like what Seth Godin always says, two to four paragraphs. You're not writing for The Economist. You're not writing for Time Magazine. Two to four paragraphs on something that inspires you. That's it. But you have to do that and through that and you have to have a consistent message in your blog and you have to have some sort of like free opt-in for your audience so they can sign up for your newsletter so then they can begin to learn who you are as a person to then down the road make the decision to hire you as a coach. Because there's so many people out there pitching the same BS. And unless you are authentic, you're, you might rise really quick at first, but if you're not authentic and you don't have integrity, you're going to crash this as fast. And I've seen it. I see it all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, that's great advice. Now, knowing what you know now about building a successful business, what would you say is one action step that coaches should implement this week if they're serious about growing their business?
1: So like you're saying, if someone's brand new and they've never, they're not, they're like in a coaching, they're like learning to be a life coach and they're brand new and they haven't started their business yet, or somebody who's currently in business and struggling to try to build their brand all right so step one if you're not if you haven't done it yet build a website squarespace if you're not tech savvy or wick if you're a little tech savvy wordpress have a website have a domain presence if you've been in the business for a while and you have a website figure out a way to get your message out there into the world and either Hire or work with someone to get you on other podcasts for guest podcasting professionally. Do it right. Like, outsource it. I use Interview Connection. They're great with Jessica. And go to yoga studios and wellness centers and offer them uh, and ask them to do some sort of presentation to their audience, yoga studios are always have yoga studios on the weekends, on Saturday nights and Friday nights. There's nothing going on. Their their doors are shut because people don't go to yoga classes for, on Friday nights after six p.m. for the most part, and people don't go to yoga classes after like 3 p.m. on Saturday. And they have a target audience of people that are into health and wellness. And so it's no real major cost of yoga studio to host you as a guest speaker. And so come up with some sort of presentation that you can market to a group of people on health or in wellness in terms of mindful living or setting goals and go to a yoga studio and offer that presentation. It's a simple way to reach an audience and become an authoritative person in your area.
0: Yeah, that's some great advice, because if you're in the health and wellness space, that's a great idea to utilize something that's not going to be used normally. Like if the yoga studios are generally empty on certain nights, and then you can turn around and take that information and put it on your website. Like, you know, you can hire me for workshops. I've done them here you know and and that way it's just another way to build authority so that's awesome now we're going to finish up with our final five rapid fire
1: questions all right hang on let me get let me get comfortable and get into my serious seat mode awesome all right i'm ready <laughs> okay what is one habit
0: or skill That's helped you become unstoppable.
1: I get up every morning at 5 a.m. to practice yoga and meditate before I start my day.
0: What's one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: Uh, The habit of reading and constantly growing as a person. Leaders are readers. And if you're not reading the latest personal development books and the latest business development books, then you should not be in this field.
0: And jumping off of that point, recommend one book... That's had a big impact either on your business or on your life.
1: I love the Miracle Morning for anybody because it teaches you to get up in the morning to start your day and take care of yourself first before you start your day. And I think it's one of the best reads I've ever read and and implied the skills I have from that book.
0: Awesome. Now give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without.
1: Um, I use a program called MindBody Online. It was originally uh, set up for yoga studios, but they've expanded their application to yoga teachers, and I use it also for life coaching because what it does is it automates booking appointments, schedule reminders, and uh, billing your clients. So I don't have to send a text message to my clients or remind them three days in advance of their appointment. I can set a reoccurring appointment with my client and I can store their credit card and automatically charge them on the day of the appointment. So I don't have to take care of invoicing and I don't have to take care of scheduling. Wow. That sounds like a great one. Yeah. And it sends text messages and an email to your, your clients and they three days in advance, they know, and then they get an email five days in advance that their credit card is being charged. So they know, um, it just makes my life so much easier and it integrates with Google calendar
0: how can listeners best connect with you? What social platforms do you hang out on and what's your
1: website? Well, my website is your wellnessyogi.com and I am offering to your audience a free coaching consultation if they go to your wellnessyogi.com backslash unstoppable. And I do hang out on Facebook at Your Wellness Yogi. And they can find me there, and they can also search for me uh, under Mukunda Chandra Das on Facebook. Those are my two Facebook platforms. I don't really do anything else.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to be sure to get all of those links in the show notes page so that anybody that wants to connect with you will have the links to do it. This has been an amazing conversation, and I want to thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.